I totally agree that probably before Christmas wasn't, wasn't like the best time to do it because like oh, you were oh, getting. I had, I had my boss at World Rugby who's French and he was sort of um, keeping things under wraps a bit mm-hmm. until he came out in the media. Yeah. So he's come out in the media now, and I and I like everyone. I hadn't done anything in New Zealand. Yeah. And then um, uh, he finally did, and then sort of it's like okay, you can do whatever you want now. Yeah. yeah so. How did you find all of it? Because I was like watching it unfold, and I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was, it was, it was nuts, but like I kind of enjoyed the experience in terms of like the growth and the, the are you the like someone that feeds off that negativity almost and it's just not, like not the negativity not like feed- but like the challenge yeah I guess. yeah for sure yeah so the negativity was pretty hard but like yeah the challenge i'm sure we'll get yeah. Into. yeah i find it so interesting because i'm one of those people that if someone tells me like i can't do something or mm. i'm not good enough i'm like mm. well i'm gonna show you that i am yeah. so yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and you strike me as someone that's like the complete same so that's good <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll just get started and um We'll just have a chat and Perfect. see what happens. I do have like questions and stuff like to guide the interview, but I am like one of those people that just goes off on a tangent half the time. Oh, like, I'm sure Max will tell the same. I just, like, I just like to yarn. So there's like <laughs> a million things going on in my brain all the time. So I'm yep. like, Whoop, let's just do that. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds good. Okay. Right. You ready? Ready. Okay. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Toe the Line. Today I've got a very exciting guest, international rugby referee Ben O'Keefe. Ben, welcome to Toe the Line. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you here. I was just telling you before that my dad was a rugby referee before he went into the police, um, or like around the same time he was in the police. So he was very excited about this interview happening, and I just think you're an incredible referee and an incredible person, and I'm very excited to chat to you today. Oh, thank you. It's exciting to um, to learn you got some refereeing genes in the. In the family so we might be able to get a whistle I'm so uncoordinated I can't do two things at once so me running up and down a sideline or in the middle trying to blow a whistle at the same time no it's oh, you just make it sound hard but it's not as hard as that <laughs> oh no it will be I make everything harder than it needs to be so and actually if someone wants to hire me for just one game and then it can be like a like exhibition piece and people can have a good laugh oh, we I should th- do it we should do it I think we should. Are you, are you serious? Because I'll do it. Oh, we'll, work, I'll do we'll it. work that out. I'll do we'll it for the fun. We'll see how I go first this year okay. then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's another season. Okay, maybe you can train me up and then we'll see how good I can be. Pleasure. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> um, first question, probably the most important question. How are you? How are you doing? I'm really good. Um, thanks, Taylor. I'm excited. Uh, as I sort of just mentioned then, it's the start of a new season. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just come back from the UK uh, with some Six Nations. Yep. I did some games up there. So that really good. fun. To, yeah, it was exciting. It's always good to, yep. um, you know, Cut your teeth in the Six Nations game. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a different atmosphere up there, and you know test matches always. You know, like test matches, they're they're, they're challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited to get back here. Um, Super Rugby. The next sort of three months is always exciting with you know good you know weather, yeah. running rugby, mm-hmm. um, sort of summer summer footy comes before out. Before the grounds get wet, and yeah, muddy. Before <laughs> the, yeah, before you sort of get you know, into that sort of northern hemisphere yeah. style of, style yeah. of game. So, um, and I'm also excited. It's it's a new four year cycle. So we've just finished a World Cup, mm-hmm. and to be able to start a new four year cycle, looking forward to the World yeah. Cup in Australia. Um, is exciting because I think there's some some good changes that are going to happen in the game. Definitely, definitely. There's a lot of things I want to talk about in terms of like the rugby world, but just in terms of you talking about Six Nations, do you find it like different to referee the different um, hemispheres? Because I know there's always so much chatter online about Southern Hemisphere referees refereeing one way and the Northern Hemisphere referees refereeing one way. How do you find it? I think um, I think that's probably changed over the last maybe decade. Where mm. there probably was a difference in the style of refereeing um, between the two yeah. the two hemispheres, but mm-hmm. also the, the style of game as well. Yeah. I think what what has happened over the last maybe ten years, last two World Cup cycles, is you know we collaborate a lot um, between 
the you know probably the top 20 referees in the world we're yep. constantly having meetings talking about the game mm-hmm. uh, recalibrating around yep. um, how we make decisions so yep. the alignment I think is there mm-hmm. and then if I look at the style of rugby I think that you know both both hemispheres now are pretty similar in the way that they yep. like to attack um, you know there are certain situations and games where you know, you'll be in the north and mm-hmm. they'll want to scrum on the five metre. They'll yep. want to maul, um, mm-hmm. you know, from within the twenty-two. Yeah. But also you get there the rugby championship as well. Yeah. So um, I think the game's becoming a lot more tighter. And you know, we saw that at the last World Cup where you know we had a lot of teams who could really compete yeah. in you know quarter semis and finals. Yeah. Um, you know, we had some games that were only decided by one, one or two, mm-hmm. one or two points. So mm-hmm. um, I think the differences that were probably there beforehand uh, are getting a lot closer. Yeah, for sure. Um, we've got ahead of ourselves, which I always do <laughs> but before we get into any more ref stuff can you talk us through a little bit of your childhood what was like your school life like growing up what were you like interested in what were you passionate about all that sort of stuff as years, much as you're willing to years, share a few years ago now so i'll just try and remember but um <laughs> look i'm i'm a marlborough boy grew up in grew up in blenheim i went to marlborough boys college mm-hmm. there and um oldest of uh three children so yep. got a younger brother younger sister and you know we grew up we, we loved it. It was, it was an amazing small town to be in because you could really play any type of sport yeah. you wanted. I, I remember, you know, we'd rush home, mum would have spaghetti bolognese and, yeah. you know, for dinner and then we'd rush back out for training nice. after school again. So uh, we really loved that. Um, it was really easy to get around, like we'd bike to all the trainings and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, I enjoyed growing up there yeah. and uh, it wasn't probably until, well, you know, then so I did my schooling there and then mm-hmm. went to university down Dunedin, yeah. uh, studied medicine down there. And that's probably where I started. I started my refereeing. Yeah. I I grew up playing rugby. Mm-hmm. Um, I started actually playing football with my brother. Oh yeah. So I think my parents they decided whether or not it was a co- you know they wanted yeah. us to get better coordinated mm-hmm. using a football. <laughs> yeah. um, no, we didn't do that. We 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 started with that. And um, I wanted to start playing rugby with all my friends. Mm-hmm. So about the age of 10, 11, I started playing. And I had, I had a quite a massive growth spurt when I was about ten. I was probably like this tall. Oh no way. Um, so I was quite tall, <laughs> and um, it meant that you know when I was playing um, age group rugby. Um, I was one of the biggest guys in the oh field, and God. I could just run sort of straight, and I'd nice. be able to do all right. And um, the the, I guess the unfortunate thing is it meant that I didn't sort of learn any of the skills of you know fending, <laughs> sidestepping. Um, I sort of used my just height. Just run it straight. <laughs> I ran it straight, and that lasted for a few years until everyone else sort of catch, you know, yeah. started catching up with me in terms like, of their oh, height. Shit. <laughs> and then then I started like you know getting pushed further out from I was I played sort of 12, 13, yep. so second five centre. Mm-hmm. Then I got pushed further back out to sort of the wing and into you know the bench. <laughs> Um, so that like, was. I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah, I quickly realised that. Okay, all well, you know the my, my I guess limelight was uh, you know back probably under tens, elevens, twelves, yeah. and then um, I went to university, trialed for a team there, and that's mm. probably when I decided that um, you know I, you know probably playing. I, I just fell out of love with it. And, yeah. Um, I was lucky. My dad he he refereed club rugby in Blenheim. Yeah. So I'd play for Harlequins in the morning, mm-hmm. um, and then we'd just be down at Lansdowne Park, oh, um, cool. you know, the whole whole day getting ready for his game in the afternoon. And I'd just be there watching. Yeah. Sometimes I'd be the ball boy. Yeah. Um, and even sometimes, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd ball boy, you know, Mulberry Devil games. Yeah. Um, and then I also got a job at Lansdowne Park doing the scoreboard. Oh, no way. Um, so I was sort of, like, rugby was a big part of So it's of, always kind of being, yeah, yeah, part that's of our so Saturdays. Cool. And you know, it was all about getting a, um, you know, some hot chips, yeah. um, you yeah. know, a can of Coke after the game. Yeah. You know, I, was, I was happy. So yeah. I, I never watched Dad in terms of, you know, this is something I want to do when I'm older. It was, mm-hmm. it was just me being part of the game. So when he suggested, when I was about, I think 19, my second year at uni, you know, that you should start refereeing. Yeah. Um, that's when I realised that, you know, a little bit like yourself, you know, refereeing's kind of in the blood, you know, yeah. it's in well, the family, so... I'm not sure they've got handed down to me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, is your dad one of those, like, ex-referees who will still referee gangs from his, like, couch? 
or is I he think, not like that? No, I think I think everyone that picks up the whistle and probably all their immediate family sees the game a little bit differently now. Yep. Like I, I know that um, whenever I watch a game, uh, I kind of referee it from where I am. <laughs> yeah. It's not doesn't mean yeah. I shout at the TV, but I'm just I'm just looking at the game um, from my point of view how I referee. Yep. And I think that if um, you know you're refereeing club rugby or you know you refereed 20 years mm. ago, you still kind of watch games like yep. that. Yeah. And I know that I've probably ruined it for my you know close friends and family because you know they watch a game, they probably watch the referee the whole time now instead yep. of looking at the players. Which, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a shame for them because there's some, there's some awesome games on That's the funny. <laughs> yeah. My dad is one because, like, he's still I – th- I think he knows most of, like, the new kind of laws and stuff that, like, he'll see something and I'll be like, no, Dad, that's not a thing anymore. Like, it's changed. <laughs> well, I think – I don't know if this is this, – you can let me know, but <laughs> I often go to meetings and they can continually ask about what are we going to do about players in front of the kicker. Back in my day, we fed the ball straight at the scrum. So oh, back in my <laughs> day, right? <laughs> <laughs> all those types of things, but um, I mean the, the laws change constantly. The, you know they're changing all the time, which um, I think that's one thing we need to try and change is, is make make them more constant for the players and for yeah. the spectators who are watching it, so they understand as well. So, do you think across the board, like when I say across the board, I mean like for yourself as a referee, for players, the teams, for um, higher ups, and for fans, do you think the constant law changes can be one confusing, but two like frustrating and kind of just makes it a bit harder to watch for people and to play and yeah, to riff. <laughs> yeah, I think all those all those things you just mentioned, Taylor, because yeah. you know, we're trying to create a game that people love to watch, mm. um, showcases the skills of the players, is easy to interpret for referees as well. And mm. I think what we're, we're trying to do is actually make a game that has all of that. Yeah. And it takes some time. Yeah. And I think the tweaks like over... anything. Yeah, yeah, I think the tweaks over the last maybe 10 years have allowed that. Mm. It's just the growing pains of every year changing it to a point where I think we're close to now. Um, you know, a game that is is easy for all of those things. Yeah. I don't think we're quite there yet, there yet yeah. but the tweaks uh, hopefully are going to be less disruptive on mm. on the style of play that um, that I guess has been played at the moment. Yeah, for sure, no, definitely. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your time in med school because I find that so interesting that you kind of chose refereeing over su- like studying in med school and stuff. But can you talk us through what kind of made you want to go into med school and kind of how studying was? And then because I know that you were refereeing at the same time as you were at med school, so what was that like? And was it like a turning point where you're like, no, I want to really pursue refereeing? Yeah, there were. So, um, there, uh, I guess, I think in sixth form at Marlborough Boys College, you have to choose like what, what your subject's going to be. Maybe it's fifth form, I can't remember. But, you know, you choose whether you sort of go down that sort of English, social sciences, or you do sort of the sciences. Yeah. And as I, soon, um, sorry to interrupt, but as soon as I could choose, I was like, get the science out of there, get the maths out of there. I'm not a book person. Yeah, well, I'm street I th- smart, I but not book smart. <laughs> well, kind of the same, but I, I just decided to, to go down the sciences. I, um, I don't know, I, I kind of like... Conf- you know, what do I think, what did I want to do when I was older? Mm. I could see myself being a doctor. I don't ask me why. I didn't know. Um, I didn't, after, until after I graduated, there was no doctors in my family. Yeah. But then uh, my actually granddad was a GP who passed away when my dad was young. So I never knew yeah. that was yeah. um, a case until I graduated and mm. sort of thought, okay, at least it's not such a fluke yeah. that I became a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> but I um, sort of chose that and then, yeah, went to med school and just studied there. And um, I just loved it. I loved the idea of um, obviously learning a skill, learning a craft, mm. helping people. Yeah. Um, which you don't actually realise until after you leave med school and you start working in a hospital. Yeah. Um, but for me, refereeing, it was just an outlet. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you work pretty hard in your first year, so I didn't do any rugby because I was just stuck in, in my book studying yeah. trying to get in. And then once I got in, um, it was just that fine balance of, of um, okay, head down in the classroom. Yeah. But you needed that release. You needed yeah. that mm-hmm. that time outside. It's yeah. like a hobby, you know, something that can take your mind off, you know, the, sure. the focus that you're, you're doing during mm-hmm. the week. So. For me, refereeing uh, was an outlet yeah. um, because I love rugby. Obviously, grew up with it, and uh, 
then I graduated and, and got a full-time job uh, working in Wellington. And mm-hmm. at, at that time, it was really good because I'd done about five five years in Dunedin Club Rugby. And yeah. the benefit of Dunedin Club Rugby, it was a really, really high standard. Yeah. A lot of the top... What ref- a place to referee, though. Holy yeah. crap. That's yeah. like elite. It, it, Dunedin it, it, Club Rugby is like where it's at, I reckon. It's, it's really good. Like, I'd put it up there. The, all the different, I guess, cities mm. in New Zealand have a different style of game. Yeah. And I guess for me coming through, like I was quite young, it was a really fast game, obviously a lot of um, yeah, you know, young university yeah. students, um, <laughs> yeah. got to referee at Carisbrook, got to referee at the new oh, Forsyth no Bar way. when it was just built, so oh, how you know, they, cool. were, they, were, they were some really cool memories for me, but still at this point it was never like a future goal for mm. me, it was just something that you know helped me, like, helped me find the balance. Yeah. And it allowed me because a lot of the top referees, maybe like the players as well, were in you know Auckland and Christchurch yeah. and Wellington, so... I got to referee at a club level, you know, premier club club grade quite early. And you were given that space to do it because they were all based in the other exactly, centres. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, I could learn my craft really quickly mm-hmm. and I was sort of away from all the selectors so you could, you know, make all your mistakes down yeah. in Eden. <laughs> and so it came perfectly the time I graduated and moved to Wellington. Mm. Um, I'd had about five, six years of premier club rugby. And just like players, you know, you need experience that level yeah. to then go to the next. Yeah. Um, so I was able to re- referee a different style of rugby in Wellington and, mm-hmm. and I absolutely loved it. And... That was probably the time I started getting picked up by national selectors. Yep. So, like players, you'll get picked up um, at you know rep level mm. um, in your region, under yep. 18s, Colts. Uh, then you do Heartland Rugby, and, yep. and I started refereeing NBC. Mm-hmm. And I loved it, and I sort of transitioned. I realised early on that I loved medicine in terms of uh, what I was doing, but yep. I didn't like the actual medical side of yep. it. I really loved surgery. Yeah. So, you, postgraduate, you have to do two years of a bit of everything. Right. So um, did my time doing a little bit of general practice, did wow. general medicine, general yeah. surgery, and then. Did um, you enjoy that, like being like I being d- hands on and stuff? Yeah, I did. I, I think it was really a nice transition because f- at med school, you know, you, you work on cadavers, you work, um, you know, in the clinics. You mm. know, you're doing. It's not actually until you're in the hospital where you actually yeah. feel like a real doctor. Yeah. And I, I did a I did my emergency department placement in my second year, and mm. you you do move through probably doing a lot of note taking. Um, rewriting medical charts yeah. for your first two years, and then it wasn't until I did emergency medicine, ED, where I felt like a re- you know a real doctor. Yeah. It was you know decision making. Obviously, I had a lot of um, support, but you were making the decisions. Mm. You're running it by your your seniors, and you know people were getting better or worse based on um, those decisions <laughs> that you're making. You, know, <laughs> yeah, you actually felt like you had a responsibility, yeah. and and I love that. Uh, and then I moved and did you know realizing that I love surgery. I did a lot of um, plastic surgery. Uh, I'm going to have to talk to you after this about some stuff but anyway keep yeah going. well I mean and like I, lo- I love the, the ability to I like the idea of like being able to fix something being really good at something mm. and uh, I worked for, uh, for the plastic surgeons in Wellington and Hutt Hospital and uh, they were just incredible are you, you know, kidding fantastic. No. around what year um so I think <laughs> this is so 2000, 2000 it would have been 2014 15 no way yeah that's so funny because I had a suit. I'll talk. I'll talk to you about it. After. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> Might be a little connection there. <laughs> keep um, going. <laughs> but like, I, I, I love that, and so I was doing a lot of a lot of my work, you know, Monday to Friday, and then I moved into ophthalmology because mm-hmm. I, I loved eyes. Um, you sort of progress through, um, you know, what you enjoy because yeah. you go to med school and you learn the book work of plastic surgery of general practice. Um, you learn about all these different types of so conditions. So you really work across like all of it. Really. You do, you do, yeah. but you don't really, you don't understand what type of specialty you like until you're actually doing the yeah. job. Yeah. Um, so I really fell in love eventually with ophthalmology, doing eyes. I, I feel like you can really make a difference with mm. um, people's vision. Um, they take it for granted until something goes wrong with it, and then yeah. you know they can come <laughs> in and they can actually you know talk to you and you can talk about their day 
and then you know, and then go on to talking about their eye rather yeah. than um, you know working in ICU or yeah. in the hospital where they're in their in yeah. their hospital bed. So that's that's the type of stuff that I loved, and um, yeah, so continued rugby working Monday to Friday and I think you asked me like when did I sort of at, yeah at what point did you kind of had that switch where you're like okay now I'm going to pursue riffing well there's kind of been two points in my life when that's been really important for me like one like the most recent sort of intersection crossroads which mm. um, we'll talk about soon but yeah. that first point was I, I was doing ophthalmology and so you'd work Monday to Friday in the hospital you know and it, it's busy it's 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 seven in the morning to you know, five, Long six, hours. seven, eight at night. Yeah. You know, you, don't, you finish when the last person's seen. Yeah. So I'd do that Monday to Friday. Friday I'd fly and I was starting to do super rugby. Mm. So you'd start doing, you know, ARing super rugby, then I'd start refereeing super rugby. And it meant that I'd be away either here or even Australia yeah. for, you know, a Saturday game, Crazy. for example. So Monday to Friday, God, you're working. Friday, <laughs> Friday, Friday flying, <laughs> Saturday game, Sunday come home, back into hospital Monday. And then... Obviously Monday to Friday again, but doing the reviews of your game, training so you're fit for the game. And then Did you like thrive in that so. environment? Was it hard like to keep it all up? I, I loved it. Yeah. I really did. I um I've I've sort of done it my whole life, you mm. know, so it was something that was very used to me. Um, you had to get very good at being organized. But yeah. it did get to a point where um, I think I was flying up here for a game, maybe mm-hmm. maybe here or maybe maybe at Eden Park. Mm. Um, it was Friday, I was doing a clinic. Yeah. And the clinic, you know, was going overtime because mm-hmm. there was a lot of emergencies that came in, a lot of patients that needed yeah. to be seen. And I, I ended up having to miss my flight. Oh, and shit. I got to a point, I think it was a semi-final, got to a point where I realised that day that, okay, I missed my flight, but I ended up getting on a flight, yeah. but I was rushing the next day. I just realised that, okay, this is not great. Firstly, for the clinic that I was, you know, involved in, but also um, the yeah. preparation and mindset for the game that I needed to be really on for for the next Because you've got day. a, you, like, they're two very, like, in completely different ways, but, like, two very, like, high-pressure situations where you've got to show up fully as yourself, like, 100% yeah. as, like, an optometrist, and then also, like, refereeing as well. Like, it's, you've got, like, a lot of different people that rely on you to do your job. You're, you're totally right. Like, they're, they're both full-time jobs mm. in, a, in a different sense in terms of how you prepare you got to be mentally in the right space you got to make really good decisions yeah. you can't be under pressure so all of those things and I was just fortunate that around that time New Zealand rugby had a sort of an op- a contract available yeah they offered me a full-time contract and and I thought a lot of my a lot of my colleagues mm. you know they either take a year off to travel overseas because you know they'd be stuck in medicine their whole yeah. life I thought look I'll, I'll give this a, a go for a, a year see 100%. how long it lasts for um, but also still work, you know, mm. on um, my medicine in the background. And, and I remember that conversation I had with my head of department at the time. It took yeah. me about three or four weeks with this contract sitting there to actually, you know, have the courage to go and talk to oh, them. So I was nervous. Like, I, I hate confrontation and everything. I'm yeah, like, and I don't know <laughs> if it was going to, like, so at the end it wasn't confrontation at all. I was yeah. really, it really helped me and I think, you know, helped me on the path that I'm on now. Yeah. Is, um, uh, this doctor, she sat down and I told her my situation, and she she really supported it and oh, said that I look, that. Um, anytime obviously you're back home during the week, we need your help, so we'll yep. get you back in the hospital yep. so you can continue your skills, and um, yeah, it allowed me to sort of commit full time, sort of switch and do full time rugby, um, but also you know do the medicine on the side, which really helps me again, kind of mm. like what I did in, in med school was yeah. you know have that break and have that. Um, uh, you know that that change away yeah. from rugby the whole time. So, what year was that when you just chose to do rugby refereeing full time? Um, so that would have been, uh, I guess, like maybe 2000, 2016. Wow. Uh, but like I was still probably doing, you know, two three days a week in the hospital. 
um, in the off season yeah. between November and February working pretty much full time and it hasn't really been probably until the last two years uh, where I've mainly you know, pulled right back and you know doing mm. doing one clinic a week yeah. or a virtual clinic a week mm. um, which is really good so I'm still keeping my hand in it which is which is fun yeah that is so crazy to me because 2012 was like a pretty big year for you in terms of like breakout in terms of like rugby refereeing like you went from refereeing like club games to refereeing like more high performance games and you're still like full-time doing like med school and stuff what was it like like I guess I just like one I'm just so curious because like they're so high pressure environments like both of them and I just would love how to know how you like dealt with it well I think uh, you know we I had a lot of my colleagues who they all had something outside of of, of the medicine that they did they, they had medicine. family I had a lot of friends who liked surfing mm. um, they'd go skiing so they had their hobby my hobby uh, was just rugby yeah. and what has always helped me uh, I think refereeing is that I've been able to have my focus or my main primary job was, was medicine at mm. the time and it meant that my passion and my hobby was rugby so I could actually mentally go out there and just, I just enjoyed it I worked hard because I wanted to be good at it yeah. but I think that mindset around enjoying something for um, the the life of it yeah. rather than actually being a job mm. kind of mindset really helped and yeah. you know, that balance really helped me you know, perform during the week in the hospital because you know you're under pressure on the rugby field you have to make quick decisions mm. you have to use your communication to talk with players we well, have to do the same thing in the hospital mm. so yeah. um, you know vice versa both both jobs really complemented yeah, each other 100%. so 2016 you refereed your first international match which was Samoa versus Georgia yep. what was that like like what were you doing what were you like we like preparing and stuff like did you prepare any different it was were you just like in the mindset of it's like another game I'm just going to do it well I'm always nervous before games you know I think it's important to be nervous I get nervous to watch I'm like I'm not yep. even playing yeah well relaxed, imagine refereeing, <laughs> refereeing your first test match but um it was exciting like I I prepare really well during the week mm. um I I've um, done a lot when I was younger around mm. you know, trying to work on my game, my yep. blueprint, and I'm trying to always develop every year. So um, when I prepare really well during the week, it gives me confidence on the Saturday yep. to go out and go, look, I've done all I've, I can. Yep. Um, I back my decision making. I back the pictures that I'll see in front of me. Yes, there'll be a few things that I, I've never seen before, but I can react to that. Yeah, yeah, uncontrollables. Yeah. But what I can control, I've done during the week, and it just gives me confidence on the Saturday. So I remember um, before that game, you know, first test match, Samoa, uh, v Georgia in yeah. summer. Yeah, had a great week over in summer. Yeah. Like the, you know, the, the travel, the experience. There are worse places to have your first international match. Yeah, there are. And, and that's what I like about when you referee, you travel either by yourself or with uh, maybe two assistant referees yeah. or a teamo. So it's a small group. So mm. you you can actually manage how you want to prepare during the week. So with those for, other yeah. Exactly. So I'll know that okay, I need to do X amount of field sessions, X amount of gym sessions, some video work. I can actually decide the time mm. that I do it compared to probably teams where it's like you know told okay yeah. this is where you're going to mm -hmm. do it all so you know it just allows you to sort of see a bit of the um you know where you're travel where yeah. you're traveling to and i think that sort of helps you just Which enjoy nice. and be in the moment as well and um so look it was a 21 all draw i remember the game um one of the cardinal rules about refereeing is that you should never end a game in a draw but um you know it was just it was <laughs> oh, just one of those games where actually the, the the style of both teams you know they probably it was a, probably a fair result because mm. you know it was just such a combative game. You know, like these big Georgians versus the big you know Samoan fast players, yeah. fast game. So it was, yeah, it was it was excellent. But it was it was nice because it gave me the confidence to realise that you know I can actually I can referee I can referee this level you of rugby. Can do it, yeah. You know, and that's what you do. You you get an experience as an assistant referee on the sideline, mm. and you go into the middle. 
at Super Rugby. Then you go on the sideline for internationals yeah. and you go into the middle yeah. um, in test matches. So, yeah, it was it was a cool experience. And then yeah. sort of the, the other games just kept rolling on pretty quickly after that. Yeah. In terms of intensity from going to, like, Super Rugby level to that first test match, was there, like, quite a dif- difference in intensity? Was it kind of just the same? Um, I think the intensity changes from game to game. Like, you know, you might get a game in Super Rugby which is just, you know, non-stop running. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe eight or nine tries scored in the game. Yeah. And actually, as a referee, you don't really have to do much. You can sort of sit back yeah. and, you know, the skills of the player are so high that, um, you know, there's no knock-ons, there's no scrums, there's no resets, yeah. and you can just, you know, yeah. go with the flow. Mm-hmm. You get some games like this uh, and, and other games, and not necessarily just test matches, but can be super rugby games as well, where, you know, you're you're in the game a lot more, yeah. you're close to the ruck, you're either managing players or you're penalising players for hands or telling them to release. Um, you've got multiple resets, you're trying to work out, okay, who's causing the issue at the scrum. So, you know, there are a lot of games that actually pull you in. Mm. Um, and scoreboard pressure does that as well. You know, you might yeah. get to a game where the last 10 minutes there's only one point mm. uh, in it. So, you know, you sort of get pulled into that too. So um, you don't really know until you probably start the game mm. what type of game it's going to be. And it ebbs and flows, you know, yeah. like the first 10 minutes can be really open, then it might get really tight for the last 20. Um, so, Do you yeah, ever get bored? During a game? No, no. Like it's there's always even <laughs> even when even when I guess like nothing, you might think nothing's happening yeah. or, or you know it's a really exciting game. Like you're always you're always like your mind's always going. Yeah. Um, even at like uh, after a try has been scored mm. when there's you know 90 seconds, I just put in the ball on the tee. I'm constantly thinking about okay, what's happened in the last 20 minutes? Um, what am I what am I in control of? What do I need to work on? What's the penalty count? Um, I'll be talking to my ARs. You know, what are you guys seeing? So. You actually you're working hard for the whole mm. 80 you know half time as well yeah. whole 80 minutes and then after the game you have a hot debrief around you know what you've seen and, mm. and then you know that's probably when you can finally relax yeah for sure so your i guess like your riffing career kind of catapulted like quite quickly like over the last few years e- like even just the last few years you've been riffing at a high level you know super rugby rugby championship six nations rugby world cup what are kind of some highlights for you over the past few years where you've been like wow or like if only 19 or 20 year old then could like see me now yeah like I, i'm tell like i feel so grateful for, mm. for what i've been able to achieve and do in rugby, I think yeah. um, you know that first time I had to decide whether I was going to leave medicine to do rugby. Um, Were you scared to do that? Oh, I definitely yeah. was, and but because I, I didn't know what it mm. was going to give me, I didn't know what it meant. Yeah. Looking back on what I've done now, and you know, I, I plan to go on for many, many more years. But even just looking back from this point now, um, the people I've met, the experiences I've mm. had, the challenges I've had, yeah. um, the places I've been to, like I'd never change that for the world. Like yeah. it's been so incredible. So um, I've been, I'm really grateful that I've had the opportunity. Um, and you know, just to be involved in you know some big games like two World Cups, uh, the last World Cup in France, like that was an important experience for me because I I didn't exchange when I was France when I was younger. Yeah. So for me, it was like you know a full circle, you know, because mm. again, I didn't know I was going to be refereeing yeah. in France at a World Cup. So when I was 16 in France, just sort of trying to learn the language, um, you know, little Ben didn't realise that you know he was going to be using it when he was older. So yeah. um, there's that. There's the um, Japan versus Scotland doing a host nation, at, you know, the last World Cup in Japan refereeing a line series but you know even like some of the biggest experiences I've had is you know refereeing in Shannon you know like just north of where I lived in club rugby <laughs> or you know doing doing games like that where, yeah you know it's, it's club rugby uh you know you have a beer afterwards yeah. um some deviled sausages and <laughs> you know the captains have a speech you know yeah. so it's uh all those experience wrapped it up wrapped up I guess on the field and then all the stuff off the field as well yeah. is, is, is is pretty amazing yeah no that's cool I guess on the flip side of that 
what are kind of like some of the negatives <laughs> over the past few years that you've kind of been like mm, like that's not how I thought that would go or just like things that you've kind of looked back on and been like that wasn't like ideal <laughs> for yeah, me yeah look I mean I've I've accepted a lot of where the game is at the moment and I'm, you know, I'm doing some of the biggest games in the world now, test matches, Super Rugby. I've refereed for a long time now, so you know, we always say in the refereeing circles that you know, the longer you referee, the more nations or the more teams are going to sort of be disappointed or not like that referee because you know, you just do so many games yeah. and there's always perceived um, injustices, you know, against teams or even you know, errors which we do make against teams. So, I know, like for one thing, like there are certain times in games where I've I've made bad decisions and yeah. like I really kick myself after the game when that happens and I review it. And I specifically try and work on, okay, I can't ever make that type of mistake again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've talked about it before, but I, I remember red carding um, Rika Corabetti in the mm. Australia-France um, <laughs> yeah. July series. And yeah. you know, I thought at the time that it was a, like a strong decision because World Rugby were telling us that we needed to be tougher on foul play. Mm. Um, but, you know, in the review, we, we, we found out that it was wrong. And I, I remember like emailing... Um, you know, Dave Rennie at the time and, and you know, let them know that, look, okay, I made a, I made a poor error here. Mm. Um, but the benefit from that is that... Sorry, like, sorry. I just to touch on that, do you think it's hard, like, for people in your position where you're getting told one thing from, like, world rugby, like, you've got to be really, like, stricter with, like, these sort of things, and then you get to a game situation, you're like, yep, this is what world rugby mm. are telling me to do, and then you look back and you're like, oh, maybe it wasn't, like, the right thing, like, having those different voices in your head? Yeah, I learnt, I learnt early on that you couldn't just keep adjusting to everything that they were, that they were saying. Right. Like, it's, um, you've got to obviously take on board, mm. but it's about almost trying to decipher, okay, what does this mean? Um, you know, what does this mean for the game? What does this actually mean for when I referee on the field? Because, yeah. like, as one of the leading referees, like, I need to actually, I'm with World Rugby, I'm with Sansa. When we make rule changes, I want to actually showcase that. So, you know, I'm, I'm sort of showing that, okay, the referees are mm. on board. Um, but it is it is always difficult to actually work out, okay, what does this actually mean on the field? Because there's no tackles the same, um, no active foul play is the same. You know, we might show a clip of, okay, this needs to be a red card. Mm. There's always slight differences on the field. So um, how you how you referee it live is always something that um, yeah. I've gotten better at understanding and working to, uh, you know, in the last few yeah. years. And I think that's what, you know, you just you get better at deciphering, okay, what do you what do you actually need to need to do in the game? So. Yeah. So that, that's that's always difficult. Like when you make an error, but I, I do such a good review that um, hopefully I'll never make those those again. Mm. And then I guess the the other thing is just you know over probably the last five years is just all the social media and yeah. the you know the, the abuse that you, yeah you, you, you get. And um, I think that's um, obviously something that uh, you know we're all on board players, coaches, referees in terms of you know trying to um, create a better environment for the, yeah, for the for game sure. we love. Definitely, I guess stuck staying kind of on the same length for social media nine times out of ten referees <laughs> including yourself there's always going to be one team along with their fans that just isn't going to like you or agree with you or have something mean to say especially in those high pressure games like for example the super rugby final last year or the quarter final with um france and oh gosh it's gonna South Africa. Yeah, South Africa. One pointer. How do you deal with that sort of like negativity in person, like at the stadiums and stuff, but then also on social media as well? Yeah, look, I mean, think, I think the easy thing is just to not be on social media, but mm. um, you know, like our generation, hard not to. Uh, as it's, well. it's hard not to. Like, yeah. I, I enjoy it. I like to um, share what a, the life is like to be a referee. Mm. I like to um, be in touch with friends and family as well, and you know, it's a way we we communicate and use as a tool as well. So, um, I think it's it's just a part of our daily lives at yeah. the moment. Um, look, we as referees, we don't need to be liked. You know, mm. we're not there to be liked in mm. the game. We're actually there to do our job, be yeah. respected by the players, 
and we'll show them the same respect yeah. back. And I think that's what we need in the game. So mm. we understand that that fans are going to be passionate about their team. I'm yeah. passionate about passionate about the teams that I love to support. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in football or you know, like yeah. the All Blacks in New Zealand, like mm. you know, the Olympics. So you know, passion's good. I think that we we're we're there's moving a to is there, there's, a, there's a line that's definitely been crossed lately, and yeah. I think that um, we've seen examples of it. I'm really proud that you know referees, you know, we're sort of standing up for ourselves as well as players are mm. because they get the same and coaches too. So you know that's where I think working together over the next wee while, the next few years, you know, mm. we can really sort of start to combat that and just move back to enjoying the game that we love, enjoying rugby, and knowing that yeah, we're going to make mistakes. Mm. Um, we do as referees, we don't go out there to to intentionally make mistakes we don't go out there to intentionally cause a team to lose yeah um so you know a lot of it is, is just around understanding that and i yeah. think you know when we get the game laws and the understanding um and the education out there yeah. around what we're doing a little bit better then it's all going to help too so i don't think it's just completely one-sided i mm. think you know we need to as referees work hard to um, do some things to make it easier to understand as well and i think you know we start doing all these small things it will will make it better yeah for sure okay let's switch gears a little bit with different competitions like for example super rugby what does a typical week in your life look like from monday through to the end of the weekend on sunday all right so typical <laughs> super rugby week i'm um, very curious about this as well i've always wanted to know <laughs> yeah well well refereeing it's not it's not it's it's not your nine to five sort of typical job mm. so we, we, we would follow something similar to probably what teams do and yeah um, so if we've got a game, so for example, I get a game um, this weekend, Drua uh, versus the Blues up in Whangarei. Yeah. So Saturday, so we'll, we'll leave. Um, or normally, if I had to fly, so you know, we'd be flying Friday, um, do the game Saturday, come back Sunday. Yeah. So Monday, Tuesday, if we go the week before a game, would normally be reviews from the game, the the game before. Yeah. And, a, and a typical game review um, where I look at the decisions that I've made. Um, the non-decisions, the, the decisions I should have made that yeah. I didn't, my errors, um, looking through the set piece, yeah. the line-out, that might take between probably maybe three to four hours of, of slowly oh, wow. going through the yeah. game, clipping, so making you know, uh, uh, like cl- short notes um, with, with going video, over clips and <laughs> going over it, timing my stability at the scrum. Um, you know, that might take you yeah, a, a good wee while. Yeah. I'll have a coach that will do the same thing. Mm. So then we'll have a, we'll have a cool um, Monday afternoon. Yeah. And we'll go over the game, and also like we should be quite aligned with the review. If we're not, then okay, we've got some more discussion yeah. points. <laughs> on on the Tuesday, does that happen often or no? Um, like I'm pretty. It doesn't happen too often, but like from a point of view, they might come from a different perspective around yeah. like game relevance or understanding. Yeah. So you know, we'll have a good discussion around something. But I'm pretty critical around how yeah. like I'll probably I'll probably find more stuff in my game that I needed to think about than they would. But yeah. you know, that's just that's just the who I am really, and trying to trying to be better. Yeah. Um, Tuesday we'd also would get um, a full team review with all the Super Rugby referees, so we'll go through all the games mm-hmm. uh, during the week. Um, Wednesday I'd normally probably be down with the Hurricanes, so we we train with a, a Super Rugby oh, team. Cool. So every professional referee um, does that. Yeah. Um, so I can't referee the Hurricanes, I can't TMO, I can't be the assistant referee. The so whole season. The whole season. Right. So and I've done that for th- this is my third year with them now. So yeah. I'll be down with them. It's a it's a time for me to be able to train with them. So. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll do their unit sessions in the morning. They'll do their live sessions in the afternoon where I'm running around with them. Yeah. Um, and it's a good chance for them to... I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's, it's, wow. it's an incentive New Zealand Rugby's done for the last few years to try and, um, I, I guess, like two ways help, help us train. Because otherwise help. we'd only be able to... We can only really train and do our job on the Saturday yeah. in the game. So it's really been beneficial for us and I think beneficial for the teams understanding, yeah. okay, they've got a resource 
in camp with them, mm. who you know wants them to win, is trying to support them. How can we be better at the ruck? Wow. This setup that we're doing at the line out to more was this legal? Yeah. Um, a lot of teams around the world are doing it now. We've That's seen cool. France do it, England do it, yeah. um, Ireland, South Africa. So I think it's been really beneficial. And um, mm. uh, you know, and I, I, look, I put as maybe a, a percentage of the success of Super Rugby <laughs> teams in New Zealand down to it. You know, but hopefully we can yeah. we can make a little bit more. So yeah. um, Wednesday will be that, and then look Thursday you know i'll probably you know have a bit of a chill day yeah. and then friday friday travel so obviously with that you know we're, we're training um gym we'll get into training. field session <laughs> yeah and then uh you know i'll be doing a lot of mental skills around okay yeah. prepping my, myself for the game mm-hmm. around um how i read the tackle how i read the scrum how i yeah. read the ruck um and then then like game day so another thing we've done in new zealand uh, which i think is really good mm. is that we have the same assistant referees and tmo for the whole competition yeah so i think maybe probably five years ago we used to turn up on the friday Just meet out meet our assistant referees randoms. for the first time <laughs> yeah well people people would know yeah, but yeah, yeah. You know, you'd have to talk to them about okay look i want you to stand here at the line out this is what i kind of do differently um call not straight yeah whereas now i've got the same assistant referees i had for the last two years yeah. now they know how i referee they know what I look like when I'm under pressure. They know when they can come in and help me. They yep. know their core roles. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about really, really detailed things week to week yeah. to week. And How beneficial better. is that for you? It's incredibly like it's incredibly position. beneficial yeah. for, for me. Um, you guys I, get to really know each other and yep. stuff and like the different quirks of refereeing styles yeah, exa- and stuff. Exactly. You're, you're totally right. And it, like I think it has a massive benefit for the game as well because you, know, you, you get four referees basically on the field, or yep. three on the field, one in the box. You know, really working like humming, working in unison yeah. for the game. You know, so their communication's really good. Um, their expectation of the decisions that need to be called mm. are really consistent. Yeah. Um, and and I think you see that in a lot of the games that we do um, in Super Rugby yeah. for Kiwi teams, and um, we've just started doing it at a test level as well. Yeah. And I think you know, again, you you know, you're seeing seeing the benefit. So mm. we'd do that. So we'd meet. We'd we'd have a discussion on the Friday before the game mm-hmm. around. Um, you know what we've talked about. If there's anything new during the week, um, some key focuses of the game the next yeah. day, and then in the morning on the Saturday before we, um, so after we do a little bit of a gym yeah. session, but we actually have a video session around. Okay, put some. You know, we'll be in a, a hotel room and we put it on the big screen, on the TV. You know, here's a tackle. What do we do? Is this a yellow card? Is it a red card? How do we how do we discuss it? So you're it? all so we, kind of in unison with what's yeah, going on. Yeah, we role play basically yeah. as if we were on the on the field doing yeah. it. So hopefully then what you see is that when we have a TMO scenario situation live, mm. um, we all know what we're doing. Yeah. Um, my assistant referees know how to challenge me if they think I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, and also the TMO knows when to come in as well. So yeah. now we we should be humming, and I know we're humming by the time you know we get into a game and fingers crossed we don't need to use it but you know we're ready if, if we need to yeah no for sure um you touched a little bit on like your training and gym schedule can you run us through what like you do for your training you know you touched on on-field stuff with the hurricanes what is like your training week like so in in season like off season is great like you just sort of um you know you're doing a lot of summer <laughs> stuff like long runs and you know just enjoying yeah. yourself where yeah. You know, when you yeah when you're in season you run in a game about eight kilometres, um, and you might do. You I have to power walk. I don't run. <laughs> Someone could literally hold a gun to my head and said, "Run, or I'll shoot you." I've had a good life. Just well, we, 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 the eight kilometres are called of us like it's a slow over yeah. eight minutes, so we do do a lot of walking. Um, but we might do you know ten to twenty accelerations, decelerations in yeah. the game. So we have a GPS unit on telling us all that detail. Mm. So we we try and replicate that sort of load during the week, kind of yeah. what players do as well. Um, Is it roughly around like the same for game? Like obviously, I know games can like be different but is it roughly around 
around the sail in terms of like your accelerations, decelerations, all that it's, sort of stuff. It's, it's pretty similar. The yeah. XLs, decels might be a little bit different. The overall total distance run is pretty similar. So it's and relatively easy to like keep training for consistently. Yeah. yeah. And if, but if, if you were, if you did two, if you did say nine kilometers one game, you might go, okay, was it at the game or actually was I overrunning? Was <laughs> I out of position? So that's, <laughs> that's the type of yeah. detail you get from the GPS. And you'll just try and um, uh, replicate that. Mm. On a, I like to do it on a Wednesday. Yeah. Um, where I'll do a lot of sort of interval running. So yeah. Bronco style testing that we do. So 20, 40, 60 yeah. meters, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of acceleration stuff. Yeah. And and I kind of like to do it. So I'll do my field session, but I like to play squash, you know, and I think that sort of covers my change of direction. Yeah. Um, you know, I like to sort of mix it up with some yeah. sort of sports as mm-hmm. well, uh, nice. which I think is fun. And then, and then the gym work, like, I mean, there's a few of us that are quite big, you know, referees, you know, you've got <laughs> some big muscles, but I've sort of moved on from that. Um, I just, you know, we do a lot of sort of weights in terms of um, injury prevention. Yeah, conditioning um, type Conditioning. Stuff. A lot of Achilles and calf injuries oh, and <laughs> older referees. So <laughs> something I'm trying to get good at. I can't touch my toes. I'm trying to oh, work on not? my feet. I've never have been yeah, able to. That's shocking. I know. It's really, it's really bad. I always say it's because I've, you know, it's down to my speed, you know, like, but um, I've lost the speed now and I still can't touch my toes. So I don't oh know. my God. We need to get you doing <laughs> yoga or something. I know. I know. I've been working hard on My trainer's been working hard on that. So, um, yeah, all those that's things. So it's, a, it's about like, um, yeah, longevity. You know, we don't have to make the, the tackles, but we do need to, I guess, sort of be sort of the middle distance yeah. runner. Um, and ultimately be able to, within the last five minutes, make a really clear, accurate decision after you've run that eight kilometres, mm. after you're pretty pretty fatigued. Yeah. Still need to have a clear mind and be fit enough to be able to make those accurate calls, which, you know, in that sort of money time, in the last 10 minutes of a game, are the most important. You know, it doesn't matter what you did in the first 70 minutes, you've got to be accurate in the last 10. Yeah. I always find that super interesting because it's always been said that, like, you know, for, for a team like the Crusaders, for example, they're very dangerous around that last 10 of the first half and last and first 10 of the second half do you get like is that kind of around those times where you've really got to like zone in and be like okay now I've got to really be on it or are you just like that the whole time well you're kind of like that the whole time um because there's always you don't want to be surprised like yeah. a decision could happen in front of you and like you can't and be like, like oh, okay oh, watch shit. this happen <laughs> yeah. you, gotta, you do have to be focused but um, definitely I think in the last 10 minutes especially when there's scoreboard pressure there's a tight game you just want to be good you just yeah. want to be you know you just want to make sure that the winner of this game is the team that that should win rather yep. than you've missed a decision because you don't want to you don't want to make an error in the last mm-hmm. um in the last 10 minutes but also you don't want to miss a decision that yeah. you needed to have made so we're not afraid of um giving a penalty in the last play of the game yep. if it's deserved what we don't want to do is you know decide the game on an, on an error yep. so mm-hmm. um i think you probably do ramp up a little bit as a referee yep. like you focus all time but you ramp up you might be a little bit closer to the ruck um, you know, you are aware of what the, yeah. the time, the score is, and you, know, you just have to be there and just do yeah. do your job. So um, it definitely comes with experience. Yeah. Uh, I've had many games where you felt that pressure in the last yeah. sort of 10 minutes, um, um, Super Rugby Finals, playoffs, yeah. World Cup playoffs, yeah. you know, like, um, so they make you better at, at understanding, yeah. okay, what, what, what is your role here in, the, in this last 10 minutes? Yeah, for sure. Speaking of game awareness, when you're in those really like high pressure situations like Rugby World Cup playoffs or Super Rugby finals and there's a really tight scoreline, are you, do you like, are you like making yourself aware that there's a really tight scoreline or are you just not focused on the score and you're like, I'm just focused right here on what's happening you in kinda, front of me? I mean, I think you kind of know it in the background, but it, it doesn't play into yeah. anything. You just, you just, what it really does for me is go, okay, this is a tight game like 
be accurate yeah like be good like make sure this these decisions are correct <laughs> this would be a good time to be really yeah, onto it yeah. yeah but i mean even when it's 20 points so a team's 20 points ahead you're trying to you're trying to do the same thing but yeah. i think you know as a referee you are taking information all over the place yeah. around okay um what does this mean in terms of the game mm. um what's the best decision to make at this yeah. moment um you do feel like you actually feel the players change a little yeah. bit like they they understand the mm. they, they they know what the score yeah. is um, they change their tactics in terms of trying to hold on to the ball, mm-hmm. you know. So you do have to referee something di- uh, different. So yeah. for, like if they were twenty points ahead, you know, they'd throw the ball a bit more. Yeah. But if they're you know setting up for a drop kick, yeah. you know, they might be doing a lot of sort of one-off rucks. Yeah. Um, and you're watching, you know, making sure they're not and sealing. And you can like you know? sense that, and you're like, okay, let's. You, definitely, yeah. you, can, you can definitely sense that. Yeah. Um, the communication might you know ramp up from the players. It might actually go away completely because of the pressure. So yeah, um, yeah, they're interesting times. Uh, yeah, they're happening sure. games. Nice. Um, speaking about kind of like we've spoken a little bit about like the negative side of the job. Is there anything that you do like to keep your mental health in check? Are there like support systems around you that you use? Like if you're having a bit of a rough week, or talk us through like the mental side of it. Yeah, I think it's a big part of the game. I think mm. for players as as well as referees, yeah. um, we're well supported with New Zealand Rugby. Yeah. We have a mental skills um, assist that works mm-hmm. with us every week, and yeah. you know, we talk to them. We talk to them about um, you know how we're feeling post game. Um, how do we prepare for games? And mm. a lot of it for me is, like I've said before, is around confidence. So yeah. preparing well, be confident in the game. Um, part of that for me is, is playing golf the day before. Like yeah. it's just a bit of a break for me. Um, I know that if I've prepared really well, I can walk onto a golf course on the Friday before a game and uh, just relax. Yeah. You know, and I'll be walking and I'll be thinking about, um, I'll be thinking about the game. But also, you know, I'll be, I'll be make, I'll, I'll hit a bad shot and I've just got to go. Cool dump it move on to the next and it's kind of it's good practice for the game the next day as well it's um yeah it's, it's, it's a big part and then um you know during the game i i have uh i referees have a bit of a mantra in terms of yeah. you know if they're in a moment where they've seen on the big screen they've made a big decision or um you know they have a player coming at them putting under pressure is it um, quite confronting yeah it can be so yeah. you've got to work out ways to be able to deal with it you know like mm-hmm. our job is to be able to control those heated situations yeah. and for me I have just a bit of a mantra I tell myself just trust and enjoy Yeah. Um, and I know that if I've made a decision I'm not sure about mm. I just tell myself you know, trust trust you're right enjoy the game and that, that allows me to move on to the next job because yeah. often you see on the big screen or you see a replay or a player comes up to you about a decision and you might not be 100% sure whenever that's happened to me I found out that when I've done my review, nine times out of ten, I've actually been correct. Yeah. So in the game, so I've learned it's like, okay, just trust that. Learning you know, to trust yourself. Nine percent of the time, you're right. So just don't let that <laughs> affect your next decision, which will which will then mean that you start snowballing and you start making error upon error because you're thinking about you know that that potential error you made in the first twenty minutes, which you got right. So yeah, has that trusting yourself got gotten easier over time, or are you still trying to battle with that sort of like, do I listen to the player right now, or yeah. do I like trust myself in the moment? It's definitely gotten easier just through experience like yeah. I I feel like I understand my game really well I understand the game of rugby that's in front of me really well so um, I do make less errors now mm. but um, I'd never get uh, complacent about it because yeah. you know the game's always changing and mm-hmm. I know that every weekend and, that, and that's the thing I always like a Friday night before a Saturday game I'll get to like 9pm or 10pm yeah. on the Friday and I'll go okay this time tomorrow night I would have done the game, yeah, and something would have happened, you know. Like I you do just, the exact same thing yeah. for like anything big in my life. I'll like be the night before, and like this time tonight, I would have done it. It's yeah. just going to be fine. It's all going to be over. I know. So you know, you have that, you know, before uh, you know, like uh, every before every game, you kind of like that. So, um, but you know, over overall, everything 
yeah, everything sure. is fine. Like if, if you've prepared well, mm. um, you do all the controllables like we talked yeah. about, then it's like, well, you're good enough to manage everything else. So yeah. it's just that, yeah, that is the mental side that helps me. And we do have a lot of support around that because you, cause you need it. Yeah, um, for sure. And then with all the negative stuff, you just have to yeah, talk to friends, family, yeah. all the support around you. And yeah. that definitely makes it easier yeah, in terms definitely. of you know, who you're listening to. Mm. Um, before we wrap it up, Super Rugby 2024 is starting in like literally a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Are you excited for the season? Got any hopes that you like want to work on for the season? Season, like what are you feeling for the 2024 season? I'm really excited about about the season. I think um, we've had about two or three years now where the, the rules haven't changed a lot. Um, Got some new law changes coming in. <laughs> yeah, but, but a lot of it is, I guess, reinforcement of what we've done last year. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we brought in the bunker the bunker rule, which means yeah. that the game's going to be faster. We're just going to give a quick yellow card. We still have the 20-minute red card, which I think is a great um, mm-hmm. part of the game. Uh, we're going to try and speed up the scrums, the lineouts, uh, making sure that players don't go down injured yeah. if they're not injured. Mm-hmm. So all these things that we've sort of done over the last few years, we're just going to do again. And yeah. it means that the players are used to it, we're used to it, the fans are used to it. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. I think we're going to be able to hit the ground running. And yeah. um, for me personally, I just want to be really accurate in the decisions I make, um, help the flow of the game, you know, create the spectacle. Yeah. Um, and with my team, you know, just do a really good job. And, and, and for me, it's it's about building. Mm-hmm. I know I've been to two World Cups, but you know I want to I, I want to get better. Like yeah. I can still get better, and you know focused on you know hopefully going to the one in Australia in 2027. And yeah. I've got four years to be able to you know do that and learn from every mm. game. So for me, it's exciting, and I, th- I think you know like uh, I'm yeah really looking forward to running out this weekend and yeah. and um, you know hopefully you know doing a great job so the players can can enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Are there any other competitions that you're locked in for throughout the year? Like, are there any like competitions that you're excited for? Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah, Super Rugby being the, the biggest, uh, I'll always try and do at least one club rugby game yeah. um, here in Auckland. Oh, really? So I'll try, yeah, I always okay. try and do that when we have a, a weekend off, if we can get a weekend free. Maybe I'll come and do my refereeing with you for that club you game. Can, you can, or you give me, give, <laughs> do my review, you give me a kips. Oh, there's the, uh, the sprinklers oh. turning on. Look, there's going to be rugby championship and... Uh, the July window and then the Autumn Internationals yeah. to an NBC. So there's, there's heaps of rugby, yeah, which I'm looking for forward sure. to. Nice. Um, that's really it, all we have time for. I'm really grateful that you took the time out of your day to come and chat to me. I'm yeah really grateful and this has been like such a cool chat. I've learned a lot about you and the game and refereeing and it's just been really cool. So thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. Wonderful. All done. done. Thanks, guys. <laughs>